Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugged your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do? Tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone. A Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to Conversations Against Living Miserably, a podcast where we try to find solace in a world where our brains are usually against us. My name is Aaron Gillis, and each week I'll be joined by... Me, Lauren Patterson. Each week we chat to different guests about how they try and live their life without misery. But we try and do it with a little bit of laughter, because otherwise that sounds like a pretty gloomy idea for a podcast. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Dave, the TV channel, and Calm, the campaign against living miserably. Welcome to episode 10. We've made 10 episodes of these now, and thank you so much for sticking around with us. Uh, it really does mean a lot. Um, it couldn't have been easy for you. Um, this week's guest is Ahir Shah. Ahir is a stand-up comedian whose 2018 show Duffer was nominated for the best show at the Comedy at the Edinburgh Comedy Awards even, not just the Comedy Edinburgh Comedy Awards. His new show Dots will be at this year's Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and if Duffer is anything to go by, it will be bloody excellent, because that was a... Um, it was, well, my favourite show of last year's Fringe, anyway. This week, we talked to her here about honesty on stage, the weird side effects of medication, and getting beaten with leaves. As always, if you could uh, like, subscribe, rate, review, whatever you do with your little podcast app, uh, if you could recommend the podcast to everyone you've met or everyone you may ever meet, that would be amazing, as the ad money we make from this podcast goes to Calm, and the more people that listen, that just means the more money that goes to Calm. And by listening today, you're technically donating, so you can feel really smug for the rest of the day because you're uh, donating to charity as we speak, or as I speak, you're not speaking. I mean, you could be speaking. Anyway, that's enough from me. Here's Lauren and myself talking to Ahir Shah. Hello, 
Hello, welcome back. Or if you've just been why do we start with welcome, welcome back? back. Like yeah. where have they? Oh. When did this happen? <laughs> but to be fair, we are talking to people with anxiety, so they have probably just sat in one place. That's and been true. Like, we haven't been given further instructions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to leave. <laughs> we are we are joined today by Ahia Shah. Hello. Hello. And my phone still to this day autocorrect shit to Ahia, <laughs> which is the opposite of what you were saying in your show. Yeah. You were like, so uh, yeah. My, it autocorrects my first name to shit and my surname to shag. Yeah. Uh, in a, but every time uh, I type shit, it just corrects it to here. Yeah. I'm like, God. It's, it's become a really fun running thing <laughs> where uh, every so often I'll just get a text from someone on the circuit yeah. who I haven't spoken to in like three months. It's just like, my phone does shit to our here now. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a piece of a here. <laughs> yeah. Our first question, which we ask everybody, mm-hmm. is when was the last time you felt calm? Uh, the last time I felt calm. Oh. Actually, I genuinely know the answer to this. Because uh, I was thinking about this on the way because, uh, to be perfectly honest, I, I had a very difficult uh, spring. Uh, so the last few months I have been very far from calm. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to think of one, but it's just sprung into my head, which was at the beginning of March, I was doing a review for the Sunday Times magazine beauty section. Every so often they have men's issue and they get someone to go in and do sort of weird treatment treatment that you might not usually get. So the person who did the feature before me had their uh, in the entirety of their nether regions waxed, and I was like, right, I don't think I'd find that calming. <laughs> uh, so that's, uh, I, don't want, like, I don't want my ass waxed for money. Uh, <laughs> uh, basically the thing. Uh, I would like so, that on record, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not yet that desperate. <laughs> but so instead, what they... Have I went to the South Kensington Club, which was very, very fancy and the sort of place that I would normally never be allowed to go. But I like felt full oligarch in this situation because <laughs> I was like in this big ass robe. I was stealing shit from all over the place. Nice. I was like, yeah, they just give you a toothbrush. Sure. I'm like, <laughs> I need that. And like everyone else there was like sort of in their 50s and had more than one phone. <laughs> With the, and it's like there is a lot of business being done here. Yeah. And I don't know how much of it is savory. <laughs> Uh, um, they had a hammam and a banya thing. So I got um, the thing where uh, you get like beaten with eucalyptus branches Ooh. on your back. Not like heavily beaten. Yeah. Uh, but they sort of like, effectively like hit steam into you. Okay. Uh, and you've got your head wedged between two wet eucalyptus branches so you can still breathe. And this guy's just like brushing this stuff against my back. And then he took me out into a pool and was just like, lie down, relax. And he held my head in his cupped hand and I was just floating as he gently rocked me from side to side Ooh. by my head. That sounds And good. it felt more like being in the womb than anything <laughs> I have. But like, I imagine that that's what it felt like. Yeah in the womb and like I was like the only way that this could feel more like that is if I was connected to my mum via an IV uh, <laughs> at this stage and so then there was just this moment of genuine sort of clarity mm. uh, there and they sent me out, uh, like away for a massage and everything afterwards and I had this moment where I was like I feel really weird what's going on here this doesn't feel normal and I realised it's that my internal monologue had just been silent for like a full minute yeah. and you're like that never happens <laughs> this is a 
amazing. So yeah, I think that's and it's making me quite happy even just yeah, remembering it now. Brilliant. Yeah. So basically, if you're listening to this and you want to feel calm, get a Russian dude to beat you up <laughs> with branches. <laughs> that's it. That's yeah. okay. End of podcast. Yeah. That's the message you need to take away from this one. I feel Done. like Matt's gonna come home to just find me with someone cupping my head in like a bath of shallow water, being like, it doesn't feel the same. <laughs> <laughs> or you're just trying to twat him with a house plan. Yeah. <laughs> Relax! What's wrong with him? <laughs> Do you manage to bring calm into your day-to-day at all? Because that was quite like a specific one-off thing. Is there anything yeah. you do on a day-to-day basis that helps you level out a little bit? or is I don't, I don't think I'm very good at it. Mm. Uh, and part of that is, unfortunately, just a consequence of the sort of thing that we do for mm-hmm. a living, right? It's like you're constantly travelling around, you know, you find that it's like, oh, my voice feels very unpracticed at eight in the evening and you're like oh right it's because I haven't spoken to another human being all day that's an unusual uh, thing and it's yeah, not necessarily it what we're built for so part of it is just a function of the way that life goes but have generally been trying to do better via the medium of uh, terrible television uh, <laughs> recently yes. which is uh, very soothing What's Yeah, at the top? At the moment I'm uh, watching the New York based Sherlock Holmes series Elementary Oh. Uh, where Johnny Lee Miller and Lucy Liu, Holmes and Watson, and they solve crimes <laughs> in New York. And what I realised is, like, it really holds your hand as a show. <laughs> it's like, you know, there's p- procedural things where, because I'm watching it on Now TV, so there are no ad breaks, mm-hmm. but you can tell when the ad breaks would have been because a character just catches you up on literally everything <laughs> that has happened. It's just like, have another dose of exposition every, like, ten minutes. Uh, and so, like, it's just like, oh, I feel, I feel very safe with <laughs> Sherlock. Yeah. We started um, Law & Order SVU, which is uh, proper uh, prime trash American <laughs> cop drama stuff. And it's bonkers. Like, literally every famous person in America turns up in it. Robin Williams was a serial killer the what other day. Really? And it was like 2005, so it was famous Robin Williams. It's really yeah. fucking Have great. you heard um, <laughs> John Mulaney's bit about uh, Law & Order SVU? No. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so... Is it iced tea? Yeah. In it? And it's like, my favourite thing about the show is how incredulous Ice Tea is about absolutely everything <laughs> that happens. So Ice Tea will just be there. It's like, you're telling me that this guy gets off on little girls with uh, pigtails? He's like, yeah. <laughs> He's a pedophile. <laughs> You work in the sex crimes division, you're going to have to get used to that. I just want him to explain everything to me. Just like, follow me around a supermarket and tell me what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is the thing. Uh, When was the first time you um, ever... What's this question? First time became aware of mental health. That's it. Sorry, I got yeah. lost. I got lost Whether it's my like in a in a good way or a bad way, when was the first time that it crept into your bubble of awareness? Um, this is certainly for the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's certainly I just got like well, the very fact that this sort of thing is taking place mm-hmm. shows that the conversations become a lot more prevalent uh, now than perhaps it was. And uh, I'm only 28, but certainly I remember like when I was a teenager and stuff like that. Really wasn't something that uh, I feel even a decade ago was really being uh, spoken not. about. So there are like there are lots of things that kind of retrospectively were like oh that period mm-hmm. at university. Or that like th- in retrospect I get that maybe there was something 
something more at play there. But at the time, it's almost, you know, the limits of your language are the limits of your world. I didn't have the language yeah. for it, so I didn't know what was um, what was really going on. Yeah, I was dude. just like, I'm, I'm sure this isn't normal. <laughs> um, but I think it's weirdly something that I still must in some way not be wholly aware of in the sense that like I was listening to uh, a competing podcast uh, the other day. Uh, oh, God. I was listening to an episode of Reply All. Oh, yeah. Uh, about an artist who decided to make like a photo collection of the way that depression felt. Uh, and she found that that sort of helped her through it. And one of the hosts was talking about his own experience and talking about the fact that it was very difficult for him to realize over the course of his 20s that not everyone felt like that Indeed. all the time. Yeah. Because obviously when it's something so personal and internal, it's like, I can't really imagine that someone else's brain doesn't function in the same way. So, of course, you think about that all the time in any sort of uh, damaging thing. And I realized when I was listening to him say that, that I still hadn't fully come to terms with that reality. Like, I can never feel unusual to myself because it's the only way I've ever known how to be, right? Yeah, so, yeah that makes sense. I think it's a... It's a so it's sort of an ongoing process of awareness. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Because <laughs> I was thinking about this simile the other day, because I, I don't know if somebody asked us, or it might have been one of the podcasts I was listening to, and I was like, at what point did I go from being an anxious person to somebody who had anxiety? Mm. And I think, like, retrospectively, when I look back, I think I've always had anxious elements, but there was definitely a point where that flipped. But I'm like, or is it? Or is it that I just didn't? It said that's the only thing I've ever known. So I was just like, mm. that's just the way it is. It's that beautiful thing of looking back as well and going, oh, yeah, I was obviously suffering with something then when yeah. I did this fucking stupid thing or mm. did that stupid thing. And at the time, like you say, because the language, you, you don't yeah. know what yeah. the hell's going I on. I was even remembering right now. It's like, oh, remember that time uh, near exams uh, in your third year where you couldn't breathe for a few days? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. At the time, I was just like, oh, I've got a tight chest. I guess maybe I've smoked a bit too much or something like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, because I used to spend like three days in bed just doing absolutely nothing, not wanting to leave the house mm -hmm. and then go into work as like, I'm sure everyone does that. That's a completely yeah. normal human activity, isn't it? Not even watching TV or listening to the radio, just face down being miserable. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of the human condition. Yeah. I remember this might be my third year at uni, which I think is probably where, if, if I had to pinpoint a time, probably when the balance started to shift. And I remember I'd just seen the Lego movie because I was a responsible third year adult student <laughs> and I wanted Taco Tuesday. I wanted to make tacos and have a Taco Tuesday, but I burnt the mints because I put the mints in the microwave or something and it literally went solid, like proper rock solid. I remember being stood in the kitchen sobbing and a flatmate coming in and being like, what's the matter? And I was like, I just wanted Taco Tuesday. <laughs> and she was like, are you, are you okay? And I, in my head, I was like, this is a completely normal reaction to have mm. to burn in the mints. And she was like, do you, do you maybe want to sit and have a chat? And I was like, that might be nice. <laughs> and it's just them moments that come and burst your bubble when you're like, oh, I'm... I'm not having a good moment. Because <laughs> mm. you talk about your kind of mental health and stuff in your stand-up a bit, mm. and as do you as well, Lauren. Um, do you find that it helps to kind of be able to speak about it in front of large audiences of people? Mm. Do you find it cathartic almost? I guess in a way I find it cathartic, but also 
Like, it's another thing when, like, other people talk about the fact that it's beneficial for them that you're mentioning mm-hmm. it, but mm-hmm. it goes back to what I was saying previously of I don't find it unusual. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't particularly enjoy it when audience members are like, oh, God, are you all right? Or is he all yeah. right? And it's just like, well, this is, it just is the way it is, you know? Like, um, <laughs> I was all right, so you asked if I was all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the most civilized things you can do in conversation is not ask someone how they are. I do think it's yeah. vastly <laughs> underrated Absolutely. generally. Whenever someone's like, how are you? I'm like, great, so I've got to open with a lie. <laughs> like, really annoying. It's like my uh, the reason that I love the guy who does my hair so much, uh, other than he's obviously excellent, uh, is, uh, is basically because we have quote unquote a cool job yeah. that people like asking that about and you get annoyed that oh god they're asking questions but then you weirdly get annoyed when they don't either <laughs> and Craig has absolutely no interest in my career whatsoever <laughs> and his main hobby is hair <laughs> like, but we're both the same like we just work in the profession that mm-hmm. is associated with our principal hobby yeah. and so we just chat about hair <laughs> he never asks how I am and I'm like this is a lovely break from myself yeah <laughs> indeed but, yeah sorry to go back to the <laughs> um, original thing. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know, it, it's weird when you say something and feel people's faces sort of tensing or changing, yeah. and you're like, oh, okay, that's weird, apparently. That's yeah. a me thing, uh, yeah. oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, drop a depression joke into a normal conversation, it's like, oh yeah, other people don't feel like that, do they? <laughs> just like, it's absolutely terrible. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I like how you use language to talk, like, the way you talk about mental health. I sound like such a little fangirl when I'm like, mm, get some more examples of your jokes. <laughs> but um, it's, it's a line in when you're like, I've always been a mosh, but then I got diagnosed clinically totem yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I love that, because especially for, like, people, like, our age, I think that's just such a good way of putting it. And I think, I don't know, do you think, like, language, it's important for language to change as the discussions about mental health change? I think so, because also there's there's something nice about sort of discussing things in a way that might be slightly less formal and less clinical. Everything and it's like with any sort of serious but like if you can add a tone of perhaps silliness or levity mm. to the entire thing, like I think um, 
Maria Bamford's probably the best at it that I've heard anyone doing stand-up uh, be with it because she'll be talking about like super, super serious and personal and presumably difficult things mm -hmm. uh, to talk about, but then we'll bring in all of these characters and voices and yeah. undercut things with such like silly, fun punchlines that you're just in this world and it's like, oh, this is like, I always feel like this is my mate talking about this mm -hmm. uh, and just comforts you in mm -hmm. that. I went to see Anne Edmonds in Melbourne, who's brilliant. And she had a line and she was like, just talking dead candidly. And she went, that's probably about the time I lost my Marbies. It, just, <laughs> it really made me belly laugh. Just how I'd, yeah. I've never heard, I've heard people say like, lost me marbles, but I'd never yeah. heard just someone so, and then that lovely Aussie accent, I just lost me Marbies. And I was like, what a lovely way to be able to just laugh at a situation in your life just with mm -hmm. that one little beautiful phrase. I liked it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had that when I was a teenager and I was in a writer's room, a bunch of different writers and we're all like spitballing ideas and what have you. And someone mentioned something and one guy must have been in his 20s or something, but very frankly was like, oh, yes. So, uh, for example, when I went insane, uh, I felt that um, Satan was talking to me uh, from this. But it was all very like matter of fact mm -hmm. and just sort of like, oh, yeah, of course, that's a thing like. Yeah, why why wouldn't we be discussing that? Yeah, uh, it's just a make like it's the whole normalization of the subject, isn't it? Hmm. It's just kind of you speak candidly about it and you speak honestly about it because the important thing is that you're fucking talking about it. Yeah. Like when I wrote my first book, when I wrote my first book, oh, um, check out Johnny Two Books over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wait, um, okay. Importantly, because this is just is this a phrase that you've heard? Because someone told me that this was a because this is remind me of Johnny Two Shits. Do you know, what Johnny Two Shits is that a phrase that either of you have heard? No, no I've heard of Johnny Two Hats, but I think that's the Mighty Boosh. Yeah, I think that's what I'm. Yeah. <gasps> this is the thing. So basically, in, in the new stand-up show. I'm telling a story about this guy my dad knows uh -huh. um, who, like, nothing that anyone else ever does is good enough. He can best any story. And so I was saying this at a preview, and a dude comes up to me afterwards and says, oh, you know, there's a phrase for that. He's a right Johnny two shits. Johnny In the sense, shit. like, if you've had one shit, Johnny's had two. <laughs> 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 and, and I was like, I'm I've never heard this no. before in my no. life, and I've travelled all around the country. Yeah. And I've Are you now just slowly introducing that phrase yeah. to everyone and you meet? And this guy was like, no, no, I promise you this is a phrase, <laughs> and I said it last night at a preview, no one ever heard it. <laughs> then you said Johnny Two Books, and I was like, oh, right, okay, maybe <laughs> maybe Lauren knows this thing. <laughs> I feel a lot better, but no, so I'm still entirely so alone yeah. in Johnny Two Shits. Ah, well, listeners, you know, take one thing away from this podcast, it's the expression Johnny, Johnny Two Shits. <laughs> I'm bringing it in. Yeah, do it. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. When you wrote your first book. Um, because it was just an A to Z of life, I wrote about anxiety and depression because they're parts of my life. And I'd never, it was like going back to what you said about doing, kind of talking about it on stage, the fact that it's you, you are representing yourself and you're talking about things that are important to you. And when you've lived with these things for so long, you do kind of just kind of become more inclined to have a bit of a joke with them to make a bit fun of them. Mm -hmm. I do it because it makes it feel smaller for me. If I can laugh at it, it makes it seem like it's not all encompassing. Also, it's ruined my fucking life. So I'm going to joke yeah. about it. I don't want to joke about it. <laughs> but it is nice, like the fact that the conversation is getting bigger and the fact that people 
can just kind of put these jokes into their shows mm-hmm. and it's not the all-encompassing subject of the show. Because mm-hmm. what I like about the way that you discuss it is that you kind of just move on then to like another story or another theme. It's not the yeah. huge um, overarching thing of it. And I think that it's just like, it's something so I think about it quite often in terms of when I discuss race in stand-up. Like, I, I don't want that to be the be-all and end-all mm-hmm. of the thing because it's like, no, this is a thing that informs part of my existence as a three-dimensional human mm-hmm. being but because I am a three-dimensional human being as everyone is it's not just one thing yep. and there's all of these other things that are going on so let's talk about all of them and not reduce mm-hmm. anyone to one facet of themselves yeah indeed so when did you start kind of putting the mental health stuff into your comedy uh, so I remember trying it first in a show several years ago and it just it didn't work mm. Um, but it just didn't work in the context of the show, so I ended up uh, saving that for later. Okay. Um, and I think probably now a couple of years ago I started mm. uh, talking about it probably, and last year for the uh, the largest section. Mm-hmm. Uh, but l- like for example, last year there was a period during the Edinburgh Festival particularly, but there was a period of a year where I came off medication for the first time in a long time, and so there were a lot of associated changes that I thought uh, were interesting to discuss and I have gone back on medication. <laughs> Top tip, do not do the Edinburgh Festival running on serotonin fumes because oh boy that's a real dizzy <laughs> What made you want to go off the medication? Um, so basically because I'd been on for a while and uh, I would always speak to my, my GP as a very good and old friend mm-hmm. grew up next door to my grandmother so I've known him for years and he like was very much of the opinion that while stuff like the medication definitely has a time and a place in life perhaps it doesn't need to be every day for the rest of your life and maybe you can also look at other things in life and I was inclined to agree at the time so we just did like alright first we'll just think about reducing the dosage see how we get on but come off in the medium term mm-hmm. and see, see what that's like and sort of I'm happy in retrospect that, that I tried it out yeah. because I learned things that I think it was important to learn, but equally am now on them again and think that that is the right thing for me. Yeah. But it's, it's all going to depend on the individual, right? Oh, completely, yeah. absolutely. Your um, recovery is just as individualistic as um, your, well, mental health. Yeah. What was the uh, weirdest side effect? When you Anorgasmia. Oh, is that um, where you can't come? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so as I said in the old show, I've watched a porno to the end. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was going to ask, because um, you are very smart and you do a lot of like, political stuff. How much do you think politics at the minute is battering people's mental health? Like the climate hmm. that we're living in. I had a situation where I used to get fucking push alerts anytime Donald Trump tweeted mm. and then I was just like why am I doing yeah. it like mm. there is no conceivable world in which this does it was like oh right would you uh, like to be updated every time uh, someone you think is terrible for the entirety of humanity <laughs> says brain fart yeah uh, like, I'm just like no turn that off I used to be very much a news obsessive news junkie and everything and it's like no no good I want to like you know mm-hmm. and you end up you end 
end up realizing that from, you know, cultural osmosis and just chatting to people and what have you, you pick up on the main beats anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not it's not like I'm suddenly being like, have we left the European Union now? I'm not, I'm not sure whether or not that's, uh, that's occurred. And I still like, I know who the prime minister is, even if the country does not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't know who the prime minister is because we don't currently have one. No. But, uh, yeah. It's a free-for-all. Or, no, rather, we, we don't have a leader of the Conservative Party. We have a prime minister. She's still prime minister? I think she's still prime minister, but no longer leader of the Conservative Party. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Oh, that's just horrible. Or the other way around. No, she doesn't have to Maybe answer. Maybe I should it. read the news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She doesn't need to answer to anyone. She could just go really weird with it. Yeah, she yeah, can right. revoke Article 50. Yeah, do it. Go bonkers with it. Go on, Theresa. <laughs> For the bands. <laughs> what a leaving party. Yeah. And you find that that's just really kind of helped on a day-to-day basis. Because I had to do something similar as well, where I was hate-following quite a few people. Yeah. And um, just because they were complete arseholes, but then I quite like to know what their fucking terrible opinions were. <laughs> and then I woke up one morning and was like, no, I don't want to know what their terrible opinions yeah. are. Stay over there in your own little weird yeah. thing. I don't get the whole echo chamber argument thing, because it's because you don't want to spend the day looking at Nazis mm. and white supremacists if you don't mm. have to. And your social but, media is a choice. Like You choose yeah. who you want to follow. So when mm. people are like, whoa, you're living in an echo chamber. I'm like, I'm living in a chamber full of dogs and drag queens, and it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. But also, like, I think that you do have, and I don't think that a vast amount of social media is healthy uh, in both senses, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. right? Either consuming a vast amount of it, or indeed the vast amount of it that is out there. Um, but like, you know, it, it's not a binary between only engaging with people who agree with me on absolutely everything yeah. or hate following white supremacists. Yeah. Is it, is it, is it, no, like, that's the only two uh, like, ways yeah, you can do social media. Exactly. Like, and I think like, I do actually think that it is a bit of a problem that, you know, conversation and argument has moved from the pub to the internet. Yeah. Where, so for example, like there will be lots of perfectly reasonable people who I will have disagreements with about marginal tax rates and things like that. And that is an entirely <laughs> fine thing yeah. to disagree with. But I've certainly seen it happen to people I know where if you aren't really in person engaging with other people that frequently mm-hmm. on their opinions, but are consuming a hell of a lot of online media, all of which is geared to absolutely back up your preconceived notions or what you would like to, and is all very targeted and catered for you. Yep. I, I I know that that can actually be very destructive for yep. uh, the way that people think. So I, I do think that there is a, like, obviously the dogs and drag queens thing sounds really nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's mostly dog accounts I follow now, yeah. to be honest. It's because it's not that I like when people use the argument like, oh, you only want to hear from people who think the same as you. I'm like, it's not that. I just don't, I'm at a place now where I only want to see things that make me laugh. Mm. That's what I want. Mm. It's not that I only want to engage with people. Like, I follow people of opposite political uh, beliefs mm. to me, but they post things that make me laugh. And I'm like, that's what I want. I want my social media feed to just be somewhere where I can look and be like, yeah. that's nice. Not I've somewhere got... where I can be like, the world is burning. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I've got an um, inverted commas Twitter friend, you know, the person <laughs> I've never met, uh, IRL, uh, <laughs> but who I really like following uh, because he and I have like polar opposite views on Brexit. <laughs> uh, he's like a big leave voter, still supports it and everything, um, but is, is generally a warm, intelligent, thoughtful, funny person. Yeah. I was like, that's fine. I still like, even if I disagree with this stuff and this stuff and you, and he'll be exactly the same with me, yeah. that every so often I'll post something and he'll be like, oh, there he is on his high horse again. <laughs> and I, 
yeah. <laughs> but then uh, I tell a dumb joke about toast, and then it's like, yeah, this is a, that's it. This that's is the content need. I come for. <laughs> when did you start introducing? Sorry, I know I should be interviewing you, but I'm quite interested. When did you start introducing mental health into your stand-up? Only when I did my first hour, and I started like well, 2017, and I had one kind of little joke about it, and that was it, really. I think again with hindsight, looking back, that whole show was a big old mental health show, <laughs> but it wasn't overtly a mental health yeah. show. Um, but I don't think I even realised until probably quite recently that I was like, oh yeah, there was a lot more in that about mental health than I thought there was because there was a lot about like self-esteem and what you think of yourself and blaming yourself rather than blaming other people. But I didn't perceive any of that to be mental health at the time, and especially as a, like a young woman. And then the next show, I found it a bit easier to physically say words like depression and anxiety, whereas I think maybe just something in my own head hadn't understood that in the first show. But by the time of the second one, I was like, oh no, this is mental health and this is anxiety and this is depression mm-hmm. I talked about it a bit more I think I only spoke about it for maybe about five minutes in the hour but still probably with a bit more forwardness than I had in the other one mm. I don't I don't particularly like using the words um, yeah. on stage like, and I think that's why I say like clinically tetsamash and stuff <laughs> like that because also like part of the reason that I uh, went off medication is that I did honestly feel like maybe in certain circumstances we become quite keen to medicalise sadness when yeah. mm-hmm. it can uh, you know it, it is also to a certain extent a normal function oh, of uh, existence. To me personally, it feels like it creates this entity that's somehow separate from me, mm-hmm. and that thing is like, oh, there's the gremlin mm-hmm. over there, and then there's whereas actually the two are intertwined and inseparable. Yeah, yeah definitely. And these are just like to a certain extent the way that I am, which unfortunately I have to mitigate myself. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Basically, like every morning, just as you say, yeah. stand in front of the mirror. Put a few things in your mouth and swallow it, and you're just like, "There's too much this. <laughs> like, this less are here." It's like, could you not just make ten are here louder and have that be the loudest one? Yeah. This are here goes up to eleven. <laughs> so you know when you're at a silent disco and you've got like there'll be two DJs playing and you've got one in one ear and one in the other and you flick yeah. between the channels that's what it's like it's like oh nope depressed Lauren's too loud to yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> left ear's being like party rockers in the house tonight right yeah. ear's being like kill yourself out here. <laughs> hello darkness my old <laughs> well, we've got about five minutes left so do you want to oh wanna... I'm having fun no we don't <laughs> no, I'm quite... no, like, let's make it an extra long edition <laughs> um, presumably this is getting edited down anyway oh like, yes absolutely I doubt that any references to suicide will be making it into the oh, oh, absolutely will oh, we're sponsored by a, well we're not sponsored by we're brought to you by a suicide prevention charity so yes. it can only go well who I just learned have t-shirts and that yes. guy, that guy tweeted us and said you got a t-shirt I was like I'm totally getting a t-shirt yeah where's our t-shirt guys yeah <laughs> <laughs> after all we've done for you I only partake in charitable events if I get a t-shirt and a yeah. bag <laughs> I have just come through a two-month-long extended mental health crisis and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's what, exactly. I, if anyone can make that up for me. <laughs> that's what we need, merch. Yeah, done. That'll be the first T-shirt. <laughs> oh, God, I'd wear that every day. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Is this our last question? We ask everybody this, and it's if you could go back in time to when you were younger and give yourself some advice on like mental health and living, living life with a bit less misery, um, mm. what would you tell yourself? 
It's very difficult to know the degree to which certain things are avoidable. Like, I don't know if I had, you know, taken different paths or what have you that uh, things might have ended up uh, similarly or differently or however. I would tell younger me that you're going to tell jokes for a living Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that uh, he would be quite buoyed by that (laughs) uh, generally because that's quite a fun thing to be able to do. Uh, I think that, that be kind because everyone is fighting an unwinnable war. And I think that that's a good thing to hear probably quite young, where it's like, look, cards on the table. I know it's not fair or it doesn't seem fair, but you are going to be fighting an unwinnable war for <laughs> the rest of your life. Yeah. I'm terribly sorry about that. However, arm yourself as effectively as uh, yeah, possible uh, because there are certainly uh, ways in which the uh, said war can be uh, more easily lost, even if it can't uh, ever be completely won. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are, yes, certain uh, mitigating factors that one might um, pursue. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I think I'd say that. That was excellent. Yeah. That was really lovely. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for that having me. That was amazing. Lovely. Ah. We hope you can take something from this podcast away with you in your day-to-day life. Whatever situation you're in, you're not by yourself. We can share our stories, share our experiences. We can help each other know that things do get better. And that's episode 10 of Conversations Against Living Miserably. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Without you guys, it's just a comedian and a complete idiot harassing stand-ups about their mental health, which is a really weird premise, to be honest. Uh, If you can remember to like, subscribe, rate, review, tweet about the podcast, hire a skywriter to advertise about the podcast... Uh, if you've got the money, I mean, we don't. Uh, the more people that listen, the more money that goes to Calm, uh, which is just pretty tidy, really. Anyway, um, thanks to Ahir Shah for letting us bother him for a bit, and if you wanted to catch his new show, Dots, he'll be at the Monkey Barrel at this year's Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Thank you to Lauren for putting up with me every week. Bless her. Uh, thanks to Dave for helping us make this podcast. Thanks to Calm, obviously. They're really good. And thanks to you. Uh, anyway, uh, if you can come back next week, that'd be really much appreciated. Um, otherwise, it's just me talking to myself. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, bye, 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 bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 
Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugs your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. Where's your search history? Sorry? What to do, tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I don't want this one. <laughs> that, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone, a Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel.